Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good morning and welcome to the morning sports briefing here. Brought to you at 0800 hour. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Yes, Throwbacks, good morning, Vietnam. Um, and yeah, I am that old, folks. So uh, welcome to New Zealand Sports Radio. And it does feel like an early one today. All foggy here in Hamilton. How are you doing? Hope you're staying safe. In news today, we have Australia versus India again. Um, All Whites World Cup qualifying a maze. Uh, a lack of response from NRL CEO, the last draw. And Fiji succumb to pressure. So I'm going to throw you over to Stephen from the Deep South, who is going to take you through our football news. Yes, good morning, everyone, and it's time to fill your socks with the best way to start your day. It's the football news time, and today, Arsenal wage cuts are not all rosy as they seem. The FIFA are splashing the cash, but first, yes, we kick things off local today for a rare occurrence, uh, where a couple of daggers have been thrown into the all-whites playing season, with firstly, the Oceania Nations Cup being cancelled in hope of allowing more important fixtures to take place as a priority. Now, those matches of note, the more important fixtures, are the All-Whites World Cup qualifying campaign, which has been thrown in also into turmoil if the lack of sport continues on this year. Now, the All-Whites have five qualifying matches scheduled for this year, one in September, two in October, and two in November. While the situation in the Pacific isn't as bad as other places around the world, they still hope those matches will go ahead, and that is the best-case scenario. The worst-case scenario, on the other hand, is that they won't. And they'll have to play those matches next year instead. And they'll be in March, May and June windows. And that would include three games in eight days next year instead of playing friendlies against overseas outside of the Pacific opposition. So that's the worst case scenario. But what could make it even worse for the team is that the All Whites traveling overseas players won't be able to make it back for all of these matches as well. So it could be an absolute turmoil qualifying campaign that the All Whites have seen before. We all know about those historic days, but that could be bad for them if they have to go down that route and not be able to play those oppositions and friendlies in a World Cup preparation later on next year. 
FIFA has announced so it's splashing more cash and it will be still injecting £804 million into the women's football game. Despite everyone scrambling to save money, FIFA said it won't waver and it's already announced investment into the women's game from 2019 to 2022. And it's not going to move any of that money away from the women's game to support any struggling clubs around the globe. The money is planned to be used for competitions, development, leadership, professionalisation and technical programmes in the women's game as well. 804 million, eh? I'll just have one of those, please, and you can do what you like with the rest of it. It would be great. Now, we reported here yesterday about Arsenal were just announcing its players taking a 12.5% wage cut during the lockdown. But all is not rosy at the Gunners as three players have been confirmed to reject taking the pay cut. One of those three is a 92-cap German Mesut Ozil, who has um, been earning a monster wage of, get this, £350,000 a week. And he said uh, he's not taking the wage cut at Arsenal. Well, it's easy to point the finger at the players. Ozil is an active person and donating to a lot of charities and has changed the lives of many people in the less fortunate countries around the world, totaling hundreds of thousands of pounds in donations. Now, if you ask me, there's two sides to every story. And for this one, I'm keen to hear what Ozil's side is. It He's the only one who's actually come out and said that he has rejected. The other two at this stage are still unknown. But uh, it's a lot of money going around there in the Arsenal club. That is it from football from me today. Enjoy your day, everyone, and I'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Stephen. And we'll pass you over to Ashwin for our cricket update. Good morning, Paul, and good morning, everybody out there. As mentioned by Paul, Australia versus India again. Well, that's the way it feels, doesn't it? So it feels like Australia and India playing all the time. In saying that, it's like we'll take anything at the moment, any sport, We'll watch it. Well, that's what they're looking at. So Cricket Australia and the BCCI are looking at ways that they can make their scheduled tour that is scheduled for the end of the year to go ahead. They're looking at playing five tests from the same venue in Adelaide with both teams housed at the ground's new hotel. But they'll be looking to play five tests, and but although Cricket Australia appear to be favouring four tests. Both groups eventually want to move to a model where they're playing five tests against each other home and away, very similar to what Australia does with England. In more news from Australia, Cricket Australia and the state associations have come to an agreement on funding. Cricket Australia were looking to give cuts of 45% out to the state associations, which the associations were not happy about. They've reached an agreement of funding cuts of about 25%. Both Cricket Australia and the state associations appear to be happy with that. The staff at Cricket Australia are receiving pay cuts of up to 80%. And in some exciting developments, stay tuned on exciting developments around cricket. Right here in New Zealand Sports Radio, hopefully we'll have developments ready to reveal to you in the next few days. And that's all I've got for cricket today, Paul. Thank you very much, Arswin. And uh, hand you over to Stephen from the Far North, who will take us through our birthdays today. Well, thank you, Paul, and uh, good morning, everybody. And I've got to say, it's a beautiful morning here in Auckland. Hope you enjoy your day, and more importantly, stay safe. And birthdays this morning, a very classy halfback. Also, a powerful force in the midfielder and a very promising footballer, and that's pretty much where we start. Catherine Bott, usually known as CJ Bott, has represented New Zealand in association football at international level. She plays her club football with Valeringa and was previously with FF. USV Jenner. Bot made her debut for the New Zealand team in 2014 
and has played 16 internationals and scored one goal. She was part of New Zealand's squad for the 2015 FIFA Women's World Cup in Canada. She scored her first full goal, international goal, a powerful strike from 35 metres against Argentina at the 2019 Cup of Nations in Brisbane, Australia on the 3rd of March. Now, if you've got an opportunity, jump on YouTube and have a look at that goal. It is absolutely stunning. It's probably one of the best goals I've ever actually seen at any level of football, let alone female football. So have a look. Catherine Jane Bott, born this day, 22nd of April, 1995, in Wellington. Catherine is 25 today. Now, on to the oval ball. Nani Laumapi is a professional rugby player who plays for Manawatu Turbos, Hurricanes, and the All Blacks. Laumapi previously played rugby league for the New Zealand Warriors. Laumapi, who is of Tongan descent, attended Palmerston North High School, making the first 15 and then making the New Zealand secondary schools. In 2013, Laumapi signed then with the New Zealand Warriors, spending two years at the Auckland-based club before returning to rugby in 2016, linking up with Manawatu Turbos and the Hurricanes. The powerful midfielder made his all-black debut in 2017. Born this day, the 22nd of April, 1993, in Palmerston North. Nani is 27 today. And uh, finally... Staying with the oval ball, David Loveridge was an all-black of the late 1970s and early 80s, known in his time as the greatest halfback in the world. Loveridge made his provincial debut for Auckland in 1973, but played the majority of his career for Taranaki between 1974 and 1986, amassing 136 games. He debuted for the All Blacks in 1978, played 24 games in the black jersey in total. Loveridge will be best renowned for his performance in the second test against the touring British Lions on the 18th of June 1983 at Athletic Park in Wellington when he put in what was the most complete performance from an all-black halfback, resulting in a 9-0 victory. David Stephen Loveridge born this day, the 22nd of April 1952 in Stratford. David is 68 years old today. Now, for anybody who saw that test, it simply was... An amazing performance. Yep, the man they call Trappy. You're so right, Hugh Rothwell. He put in an amazing performance. The All Blacks, I think, were only up 9-0 at halftime, and they played into a gale, and he just controlled the game brilliantly. Trappy Loveridge, certainly an absolute legend when it comes to All Black rugby. Back to you, Paul. Thank you, Roch, and happy birthday to all of them. Hope they have a safe and fun day in their bubbles. Moving on to Rugby Union news, and Fiji have succumbed to pressure and have withdrawn Francis Keane from the uh, running of the World Rugby's Executive Committee, and they've also stood him down from the, their seat on the World Rugby Council as well. They've replaced him with John O'Connor, which is not the same John O'Connor as you will have seen on this station. Uh, it is a different uh, gentleman. Now, uh, Fiji succumbed to pressure. We, we, it, was, it was already known that uh, Francis had been involved in um, um, a manslaughter and had gone to jail for that, uh, then also over the weekend, um, so also this yeah the weekend uh, the Times published an article uh, about his a homophobic rant uh, encouraging his prison staff to beat up um, prisoners, uh, and then also we had and that seemed to be the straw that uh, that the pressure that uh, caused Fiji to re to remove him, um, uh, and then there's also Dan Leo put out a letter explaining some other things that Francis has Francis Keane. Uh, has been involved in 
as well and how mysteriously the judge's house burnt down at the night of his appeal or the appeal was about to be heard about francis Keane's uh, conviction for manslaughter so uh, if you want to have more details on that we went through that in detail on hash rugby chat last night um, you can obviously get that it's available on the podcast or the uh, facebook page or youtube channel uh, it's all available there so go back and check out that's where we went into that in detail the uh, in, in over in Australia, uh, Railing Castle uh, and the Rugby P um, Players Association have settled their differences, as we said. Next up, then, for her is to sort out a new broadcast deal, then to figure out, uh, well, then also to figure out World Rugby Loans uh, and look at uh, trans-Tasman clashes as avenues to keep the game afloat. Um, the castle is looking for a 16 um million dollar uh, or, or Australian dollar loan from World Rugby um, and we'll have to see uh, how much um, uh, Schultz will be able to, uh, to to get that's the kind of number that people are talking about um, and uh, unsurprisingly uh, the the Rugby Australia had been looking at uh, signing a deal with Optus just before this all happened uh, the coronavirus happened sorry uh, and unsurprisingly we've seen yesterday 11 former um, Wallaby captain to come out and sign a letter saying that she should stand down. If we read through this list, um, it reads like a who's who of Fox commentators. Let's be honest. Nick Fire Jones, George Gregan, Michael Liner, Simon Pudevin, uh, Phil Kearns, Rod McCall, Jason Little, Nathan Sharp, Sterling Mortlock, George Smith and Stephen Moore have all signed a letter. And they're not all associated with um, Fox Sports, but quite a few of them are. So you've got to wonder... Uh, some of the motivations behind that as Fox Sports is looking to miss out on that broadcast deal. Uh, moving over to Super Rugby News. Yesterday, um, the Crusaders confirmed that they were making some redundancies. Uh, sorry, Dave, uh, we announced that. And then yesterday, following that, the Blues have come out and said that they are currently not looking at redundancies, but it will definitely be on the cards if they cannot play rugby again this year, which is their worst-case scenario. So far, um, uh, standing players, sorry, standing staff down and taking wage cuts has been enough for the Blues. Uh, but he does say that they that they are obviously concerned about the outlook um, for them. Uh, so yes, currently they are running at reduced uh, at reduced costs. But uh, yeah, they, the redundancies may be on the cards later. They are particularly vulnerable. They don't have a uh, independent uh, investor like the other four rugby franchises here. Here in New Zealand, I hand you over now to Stephen from the actually, uh, yes, from the deep south. Will take us through our league news. Oh, thanks again, Paul. But I'm definitely not in the deep south. I'm up here in Auckland, which is sort of like mid north. It's a bit of a debate that we've uh, uh, been having out there. Um, now, an ugly phone call involving league bosses and the Warriors may have led to the resignation of NRL CEO Todd Greenberg, according to a report. Greenberg stood down as the NRL boss yesterday after he and the ARLC mutually agreed to part ways. The news came after weeks of speculation and frustration aimed at Green Greenberg's, including from Warriors CEO Cameron George, about the radio silence around the New Zealand side's involvement in the resumption of the NRL season. However, according to league journalist Paul Kent, Greenberg's resignation was somewhat, somewhat forced due to the lack of faith from ARLC chairman Peter Valandes, prompting the former NRL boss 
to jump before he was pushed. Kent said Greenberg's downfall was due to his failure to instill confidence that the sport would get through the COVID-19 pandemic. The commission had lost all confidence in Todd to do the job, Kent told Fox League Alive. He jumped before he was pushed. He was on the way up. Todd was days away, I believe, from being set at the start of the season. Then the COVID-19 pandemic hit and he got a stay of execution. What pressed the urgent button in the last week was Peter Valandes was sick of being blindsided by failures at, failures at the final straw was Greenberg's lack of action around the Warriors and their simple request for clarification around the details of their proposed move to be based in Australia to play the resumed season. The Warriors had continually asked the NRL for details around them moving to Australia, according to Kent. And uh, that man, Valandes, well, he's uh, right in the thick of it at the moment because he's hoping a, a deal can be struck with overseas broadcasters to unlock the details around the NRL's return by the end of the week, but admits it will be a challenge. Wednesday shapes is the biggest day of meetings for the game during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Apollo committee will meet to discuss the uh, practicalities around the team training and health after the biosecurity measures were presented to the Commission on Tuesday. Those measures are also expected to be shown to the players and clubs on Wednesday afternoon as they move closer towards a return to training in the coming weeks. The broadcasters will still have a key say in the structure of the season as well as the new financial value of each round. Discussions over simulcast and exclusive games between the two networks are also expected to form part of that as well as many changes to the weekend schedule. We're trying our best to finalise all the broadcast things this week and that's optimistic, Valandis told AAP, because they are very complicated and you have two partners, not just one, and you've got to work between the two of them. But they are certainly progressing. There are meetings every day. It's not an easy progress, but we will get there. And uh, that pretty much wraps up our league news this morning. We were going to talk about Ray Warren, weren't we, Ashwin? But um, he probably, I just really didn't pick up on the story anyway. I just thought it was fake news. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's still in the limo, mate. (laughs) He's still paying for it. Oh, dear. I think we'll have to have a link in the live chat voice to what you're referring to there. But, yes, limo <laughs> limo scandal in with rugby league players, eh? Well, uh, what a surprise there. Um, moving, coming back across the ditch to, um, to New Zealand. Sports New Zealand are apparently communicating with the sports bodies um, t- uh, today. Uh, and hopefully the sports bodies will be able to announce on Friday how they will be proceeding. Um, at the different levels of lockdowns. Hopefully we'll be seeing some more news um, around how the community game uh, can be played. Uh, we talked about this briefly about uh, golf, etc. So, but whatever you read, always please follow official guidelines when that does come out. Uh, the New Zealand Breakers in a similar situation to the Warriors and the fact that they play in an Australian league or a league where all the opposition are in Australia. Um, and apparently they're saying it's a last resort that they will move over to Australia. Um, and But uh, saying that it's now on the table that they might have to move across and play out of Tasman next season. So not only Australia, but they have to move down to a smaller island off the bottom of it. But apparently uh, basketball is, or NBL, is very popular um, down there. Um, some of the things that they have agreed for next season is that the, the reduc- reduction of between 25 
and a half and 50% on the salaries. The minimum salary capped at 58,508, $504. Um, and rosters reduced to 10 players with a maximum of two imports and an X star um, available. Uh, the um, If players are, uh, the players do have the ability to opt out of their contracts if they want to. Um, but uh, let's be honest, what other options are there on the table for the players at the moment with world, with, with travel around the world being um, restricted? Um, and that's your brings you up to date on all of the news um, today. Uh, an apology from the station around the bowls interview that went out that so we tried to broadcast twice yesterday, but it didn't, so we had technical issues. I will be re-editing that one and getting that one out today with our interview with Bowls New Zealand. Also, at 2 p.m. today, we will have the stream of, from with um, Mike Roberts from the Bay of Plenty Rugby CEO. Uh, we'll be going out at 2 p.m. today. And, of course, this evening, we have Do You Know Sport uh, at 8 p.m. If you would like to be on Do You Know Sport, then grab yourself a mate and get in touch uh, don't worry, you, get the, uh, you can guess at most of the questions. It, it is, uh, it's all about fun and bragging rights. It is not for a big million-dollar prize like you might see on some other quizzes. So don't forget, join us here 8 a.m. every single morning with the morning sports briefing. Thank you, Ashwin. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 